welcome to Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. Thank you again for joining me. Um, this is going to be a pretty awesome episode, actually, and I'll give you a couple of details. First of all, um, who's ready for women's football? Super excited. Um, I'm actually recording this episode late, and I'll give you some details about that. But let me start at the beginning. Again, I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. Um, disclaimer. I am an attorney, but I'm not your attorney. I'm licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. Um, all the information that I provide on women's football success, Dallas Elite Football, um, and all of our other digital and print content is for business purposes only. Um, it does not create a attorney-client relationship. And so it, if you are in a situation where you need an attorney and it has to do with any of these situations, please find an attorney in your jurisdiction and that has knowledge about the issue that you have. Anyway, with that being said, Women's Football Success, um, I started this radio show and kind of blog, a part of the website, um, as a way to get some information to people in women's football. Um, I've actually been creating content in the background um, and putting it on the Blog Talk radio show. Today, I'm recording episode 1814 um, and possibly 1815, depending on how long it takes me to go over the details of um, what we're going to talk about today. Um, I had other things that I was going to talk about, but I really, really, really wanted to talk about two things. The championship for the WFA coming up here um, on the weekend of the 29th, 28th, 29th, 30th. Um, and then also I want to talk about the best of the West owners forum. Now I, I, I'm not really going to talk about the games because I wasn't at the games, but I, I watched the whole two and a half hours of the best of the West forum recording. And I want to put my input um, on what is being said and what is being done in women's football. And, um, hopefully create some clarity in women's football in understanding um, several different sides that are going on in women's football um, and I feel a duty a responsibility that people looking from the outside in or people that do not have all the information in front of them um, get some of all the different sides so that they can make some educated decisions about women's football. Um, I feel like I would be doing women's football a disservice having the information and having the knowledge that I have, but keeping it to myself and then having people come into women's football, make decisions based on false information or incorrect um, details or just lack of information. So I'm going to talk about a little bit about all of those things um, real quick. Um, episode 1814 was supposed to air last week on the 18th. Um, it didn't because um, I was actually preparing for my um, second child's wedding this year. My first, my son got married in October of last year and um, we did all of that. And then my daughter just got married in Colorado um, on Saturday. So from Tuesday of the last week all the way to the Tuesday of this week, we were dealing with that. So this part of the episode was supposed to air last week. Um, and I'm going to give it to BJ on Blog Talk Radio on the JC Hawk Network to put it into last week's episode. So you guys can listen to that. And then the episode 1815 is going to be a continuation of this. 
At some point, I'm just going to stop and have a part two, which will be the 1815, when we get to our time limits. And that way, you guys can listen to this information. What I'm going to do is I'm going to blow, I'm going to blast it out there to um, Oscar Lopez. I'm going to blast it out there to JC Hawk Radio Show. I'm going to blast it out there to Gridiron Beauties so that they can, um, and also to the WFA, so that they can get this information out to you so you can click and listen to this radio show. So I'm going to probably do a video that you guys get to see that tells you that I'm going to talk about this stuff, and then you can listen to the two shows. I'd love for you to listen to the other shows because it talks about these things that you guys are having problems with, like recruiting people, coaching, how to do tryouts, um, why we're having problems in women's football. So um, I'm trying to provide all of these resources for you guys, and I want you to know that it is not the league's responsibility to do that, um, although some people are blaming those things on the leagues. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit more here in the coming um, next two hours. Um, if you want to watch uh, older episodes or listen to older episodes, you can either click them from the um, supersmallbiz.com. Um, if you go to my website, um, so long story short, not only am I an attorney and a women's football owner, but I also consult small businesses, especially I specialize in super small businesses, which are zero to 10 employees. So they could be larger businesses, but only up to 10 employees. So they could have 200 um, volunteers, but zero to 10 employees is what I really um, try to focus on um, with my um, business consulting. And I do that all over the nation. I'm going to go to WFA Pro Football um, because the championship is this weekend. Super excited. Going to be there. Uh, I'm really excited to um, connect with a lot of people. If you haven't been to a women's football championship in the WFA, um, you got to go. It's about 3,000 women that ha are like-minded, love women's football, um, want to either be a part of the sport in some form or fashion or... Um, are playing the sport today. So the uh, national championship um, is being held in Atlanta. Um, the Dallas Elite actually got to play Atlanta earlier in the season. Um, it's a great stadium. You guys are going to be very impressed. If you have an opportunity to um, get a suite, they, um, they offer suites where you can get food and beverage services. Um, and then, of course, there's several games going on. They're having a, the Tier 3, the Tier 2 Division Championship. They're also having an All-Star Game and a Best of the Best uh, competition, like a Combine. And then the Division 1 Championship. There's also a meet and greet. There's some late night action as far as, um, it looks like a bar hopping pass. It sounds pretty cool. Um, so I'm really excited about the championship. Um, but... Most importantly, um, I'm really excited about the direction of the WFA and expanding women's football um, to more markets. And I've been doing that. Um, I actually put a question out there to the WFA team owners and asked them what areas they want teams in, what areas we need teams in, and took it upon myself to go and, uh, you know, put a couple ads out there to try and get some information. Um, uh, which is the same thing that I did a while ago. Um, just a quick backstory. Um, I just came back to women's football after a long 
vacation, I guess you could say, um, a lot of time to spend doing other things. Um, but I actually owned the Lone Star Mustangs, um, who became the national champions in the WFA. Uh, my husband and I were voted the owners of the year um, for the WFA. Um, please forgive me because I don't know what year that was. They all kind of blend together for me. I want to say that it was 2010, but I might be wrong because I know that might be the year that um, it went to the Pittsburgh Passion, Teresa Kahn. So we one, one of the years it was us and one of the years it was hers, but forgive me. Um, and again, she's an awesome owner if you need any information or tips or strategies on owning a women's football team. She's the bomb as well. But anyway, um, I was in women's football. We owned the Lone Star Mustangs. Um, we created the process and procedures. Um, we changed them, developed them, kind of moved them around a little bit, found what was successful, and then we expanded that process. Um, we then owned the Lone Star Mustangs along with the Little Rock Wildcats and the Tulsa Eagles. We tried to also open a, a team in Shreveport, the Gators, um, but we had no, um, no interest there as far as players at the time. Maybe now there would be interest, I don't know. But um, so, but the idea behind that was a couple things. Um, I was trying to prove that women's football is not super, super hard to own a team, um, but it, it takes persistence, it takes the proper procedures and processes. Um, I was successful and profitable every year that I did own those teams. Um, we, my husband um, lost his job, was laid off. We had to relocate. Uh, in the meantime, um, we let the teams go to the players. The Little Rock Wildcats became the Arkansas Wildcats and they're still around today playing in the Division III um, championship this weekend. They're Division III uh, champions last weekend. I don't have any, uh, that, that wasn't any of my doing. Um, we created them and then they went on and have had some great support since then. Um, with that being said, um, I have the knowledge to create these teams and give you guys the processes and procedures to be successful um, is kind of my point in that um, women's football can be successful, it can be profitable, and um, I've done it and I can do it again. So with that being said, um, I kind of want to shift gears here to the um, Best of the West um, Forum, Owners Forum, and kind of address some questions because it seems like a lot of people are getting one-sided information. And um, I don't know if the WFA is going to come out and say anything. Um, they usually don't. Um, they're very um, respectable and, and, and kind of let things kind of open as they go. But um, for me, I find it very, very important um, to address some of these situations and, and, and make sure that there's clarity. And not to say I, I, I love the WFA, I'm part of the WFA, will always be a part of the WFA. Um, not to say that Lisa King is not doing anything bad by not addressing anything, but um, I got to be honest with you, if she were to get on the internet every time she had to address a question from a team or a player, um, it would be very, very unproductive. So um, letting these things lie and kind of fold, unfold themselves, I, I completely understand why um, a league would do that. With that being said, um, I feel like um, 
there's some misunderstandings going on and um, because the Best of the West forum was put live on um, the internet, I feel like it's it's asking for or it's wanting to have engagement with owners. Um, and so I felt like it was important to offer, not as a devil's advocate, because some of the points I agree with, some of them I really, really, really don't agree with, um, but I wanna kind of go through some things here. So first of all, the Best of the West uh, tournament, it, it, it was the four teams that left the IWFL. It became the Best of the West tournament and then somehow became the Best of the West championship. Not sure how that happened, but um, I want to clarify that the Dallas Elite, the Dallas Texas Elite Women's Football LLC did not participate in the Best of the West tournament. Um, we reached out to the um, organizations and uh, wanted to make it clear that the Dallas Elite did not participate. Um, I'm still getting calls about that. Um, it's we, we did not leave the WFA. We are in the WFA. Um, with that being said, um, I wanted to talk about a couple things that came up in the owner's forum um, and address some Maybe some, I don't know if it's misconceptions or things that didn't happen the way that people wanted them to. Um, I thought it was really, really cool. Um, hands up to Cliff in the audience. Um, he brought up some really, really good questions, which kind of brought the forum around back contradicting itself. But um, he brought up an interesting point about Roger Goodell um, that was interesting that goes back to another thing that he brought up where, where not all of the owners need to like each other, but they need to work together um, as a league. And that's what happens in the NFL. Um, I agree that WFA or women's football is not at the point of being um, NFL even associated with it as far as the model and structure because we're not even close. I mean, it's it would be great to mimic the, N, the NFL processes and procedures, but um, it's impossible. Um, I'll just be frank with you there. there the, there's just not that backing that the NFL has. Um, I like that Cliff talked about um, being safe when it comes to women's football from an investor standpoint. Um, I thought it was interesting that this Best of the West, you know, the, the attendance at the forum, the costs of getting to the forum. Um, I'm interested in how that works because we're, we, you know, they threw out transparency, but I just can't mathematically find that this was a positive, profitable, um, adventure. Um, it's, there were several different things that they talked about, and I'm kind of going through because I watched the whole two and a half hours. Um, it was a little glitchy there after about 14 minutes, so it, it was really difficult to watch after that point. But um, I'm going to go through the points that I have written down here, about three or four pages. And again, I don't consider myself the best of the West or anything like that. Um, I consider myself somebody that has been successful in women's football, that wants other teams to be successful in women's football. 
and wants to share that knowledge with you um, so that teams that are struggling um, can be better next year. And with that being said, I don't want to put myself up on a pedestal. Our team struggled this year. Um, the Dallas Elite women's football team did struggle this year, and we'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute as well. But um, some of the things that were talked about were the, the league um, the league should not run the league. The, the owners should run the league. And that can be true in some fashion, but the NFL runs the NFL. I, I'm not sure that people, I'm not sure why people think that the owners run the NFL. I mean, there are some things that are voted on, but there is a central structure of bylaws um, and organizational processes and procedures that, that occur. Um, with that being said, not everybody loves Roger Goodell, um, but the rules are the rules. And if he enforces a rule, then um, there's a, a process for mediating or arbitration. And if that doesn't work, then they can go to court. I mean, there's all these things are in place. But again, nobody has to like everybody. Um, there was a comment made further in where, you know, some of our teams, you know, the owners hate the other owners and that's why they're not getting it. I disagree with that. There are some of these owners that I just love and enjoy to be around. Um, for me, it's football is one component of women's football. Um, and I've talked about this a lot. There's, you know, six, seven, eight things going on in women's football. It's, it's like six or seven different businesses. The football part is one component. So you can be a badass football team, but if you um, don't run your team properly, or you tell them, tell your players things that aren't true, or you don't let players play that paid to play, um, then you can still have problems even though you have the best football players on the field. Um, so you can be a champion or a winner of a game and still um, not be a good team. Um, with that being said, um, these teams that were on the forum talked about the fact that they are independent. They are no longer in the IWFL. They're looking um, to create a new league and um, they're soliciting for a new league. And um, I struggle with that because and I'll talk about it a little bit more because I absolutely disagree that we need an, another league in women's football. Um, I, I want to do another shout out to Cliff um, in the audience who um, really understands the idea that somebody somewhere needs to understand the fundamentals of business to be running the teams. Um, and I feel like, you know, the they had we had these, we actually, it wasn't four teams represented, it was three teams represented on the panel. Um, and they, they talk about all these different things. Um, I'm really one for transparency. Um, like I said about the best of the West, just like I said about the best of the West, um, if I was going to be an investor in this league or this or a team in this league, I would be asking questions. How many people did you have in the stands? How much money did you make? How much did you invest personally out of your own pocket? 
I would be questioning how many people were at each of their games and how much money did they make? Um, there was a statement there um, at the end that um, the best of the West, the, the game actually made money. It's impossible, mathematically impossible. Now, if you're gonna compartmentalize and say that that game or those sets of games for the amount that you paid for the stadium, say you paid $2,000 for your stadium and you made $2,100, yeah, for that, if you're gonna compartmentalize that, then you made $100. But if you subtract out the costs of the hotels, the costs of all the food, the costs of all the plane tickets, the costs of people not being able to go to work, then there is no way that the game that happened on the first night or the games that happened on the first night was profitable. I'm just saying, I mean, if there is some if there is some mathematical equation that made that profitable, I would be curious to see it. And I would like to ask questions. I, I would promote people to ask questions about these things. Um, I would ask, you know, the some of the some of the teams said why they weren't in the WFA anymore, but I would ask why they're not allowed back into the leagues or or, or if they are, you know, I would ask for background checks, credit checks. I mean, is this serious? These are serious questions that any business owner or any investor needs to be asking before they're handing over any money. Does that make sense? Okay, so after that there was a um Sorry, real quick, let me give a, let me just stop for a second. I love my Diet Pepsi and I talk a lot, so you'll hear me drinking my Diet Pepsi. I'm also in my downtown office today, so I just heard a door open. You might hear a train go by, so uh, bear with me, I apologize, but this is the only way I'm gonna get all the things done that need to get done in a 24 hour period. So um, one person said that the WFA was started from the IWFL, and that is an incorrect statement. Not correct. Um, the WFA did not start from the IWFL. And let me back up a little bit. There used to be a WPFL way back in the day. And then after that, there was the NWFA. Um, and just so it was interesting because Cliff said something about the WNFL, just so you know. Um, there's already been a legal battle for those, so don't start, <laughs> anybody that's gonna start a league, don't start with WNFL because it has already been ruled that you can't use it. But anyway, um, with that being said about women's football history, the WPFL, the NWFA, then came the, the, the in the mix of that was the IWFL. The, N, the WFA started to come about when the NWFA was going down. Um, the IWFL continued to exist and still exists today. I think now they probably have about four teams left because these teams on the forum left. Um, but the IWFL, the WFA did not come from the IWFL, just to clarify. Some teams came over from the IWFL and every year teams are changing leagues um, and, and moving and, and disrupting kind of the process of, of what's going on. But, and that's one of the things that I vote for is more longevity when a team signs on that they, they sign on for more than a year, but I'm not sure if that'll happen. But anyway, um, I was really, 
I was really interested in the points that Cliff brought up about investors. And um, then that kind of switched over to the transparency. Um, you know, how many people are coming to the games? How many people are getting paid? How many sponsorships are getting sold? Because if this information were to be set in a document like a, um, like when you put out a proposal for um, advertising, you put out the numbers, you put out how many viewers you're getting each week, you get how many people you're getting on your website, and then people decide whether they want to invest in you. This stuff needs to be put down on paper so that these investors that they're wanting to get a million or two million dollars from can see how many people did you have at your game? How many people were at the Best of the West game? How many um, sodas did you sell? Can you sell liquor? How many t-shirts did you sell? All that information should be transparent to these investors so that they know what they're getting into. And that's what would make it what he called safe for investors to come on and be a part of a league. When it comes to the WFA, each team pays in their amount of money for their tier. It is what it is. If people, I don't know where we're getting the perception that the NFL teams don't pay in to the league. I, I'm not sure where, why we're talking about the fact that the league should be paying the teams and the teams aren't paying the league. The league's getting paid by the teams. Okay, there's a certain membership fee for being a team in the NFL. Okay. So I, and, and Cliff hit it right on the head as I agree with the panel. Um, we are in a hamster wheel when it comes to women's football. Um, the perception is, is that everybody can do it better, everybody can do it different, and that they can make the changes. And um, some of the people that think they can make the changes see one or two or three of the things of the 18 things that need to be changed. Um, so we are still in this perpetual hamster wheel. So I would not go changing your league or changing what league you play for or um, switching teams or separating teams. Um, before you get an understanding of this hamster wheel that we're on, okay? Um, with that being said, um, the Best of the West Owners Conference um, started to talk about uh, conferences and doing conferences where uh, teams can come and voice their opinions or create some sort of um, an avenue of discussion. Um, I will tell you, this has already been tried. It didn't work. Um, that's not to say that it couldn't be tried again. Um, I think that there are different viewpoints now, so it, it may be a better situation. Um, there was at one point a large investor um, and the information, you know, I signed a non-disclosure um, during the time that we were talking to the, the this investor with these with the the set of sixteen teams, um, so the basic information that I can give to you is that this has been tried before, it has not worked. Um, women's football is not at that level yet, um, and I'll talk about that more as I go into this. Um, because when we set up these conferences, teams didn't want to come, teams couldn't afford to come, or the owners couldn't afford to come. Um, I will tell you it's a tax write-off, just in case anybody doesn't know that, that when you go to an owner's forum or a, 
um, some sort of a owner's conference, it would be a tax write-off, so it wouldn't be as expensive as you think it is. But with that being said, um, it has been tried several years, several times, and minimal number of owners come. So owners have to come and participate to be part of that. Um, for clarification, I know, I'm not sure about the IWFL, but the WFA has an owner's meeting every year people go to. Um, they ask for questions in advance and um, we, we talk about those questions and, and other things during the conference. Now there's some teams that don't, don't go and then it's funny because I hear the players say, oh, well, we don't get any information. I'll bet some of those owners were some of the owners that didn't go to the owners meeting. Uh, but with that being said, it, it is what it is. Um, a lot of the discussion um, on the owner, the Best of the West Owner Conference Forum was about transgender issues. Um, I don't know about the IWFL or the U.S. WFL, USW, I keep forgetting their name too, I'm sorry. Me and OJ both keep forgetting their name. But um, I've talked to uh, JC Hawk, um, the, the gentleman that owns the league, um, and uh, we've had some great discussions and, and hopefully we can work on that. But um, a lot of this forum talked about the transgender issue of uh, players on the team. 100% agree um, with the statements made. Um, except for the fact that they say that the WFA does not have a transgender policy and WFA does have a transgender policy. If you are transitioning to be a male or you have any male testosterone, you cannot play in the WFA. Um, not sure if the, like, there's like a chemical percentage or whatever, I don't know. Um, but the idea is that women are wanting to play women and that's what the WFA is offering. Um, so the, the forum talked about transgender issue for probably a good half an hour, maybe 45 minutes. Um, but I feel like in the WFA, the transgender issue has been addressed and has been solidified. Um, I know that there was a lawsuit about that and it was settled. Um, that's all I know. Everything else is um, just non-disclosed. Um, players Association and transparency were the next topics that were talked about on this um, Women's Best of the West Women's uh, Owner Forum. Players Association, 100% agree that a Players Association is not going to be viable until we have one league, um, until we have a league that um, is at a point where all the teams are profitable, all the teams are making money. And the transparency, it's funny um, that we talk about this because I, I know that um, many teams that are talking about this transparency aren't giving it. Um, it's very important that when um, a person pays a ticket, pays for a ticket um, at the stadium that they get a receipt. It's very important that when a payer plays their player fee that they get a receipt, proof that they paid their player fee. Um, a lot of this transparency is not happening in women's football. And um, I guess that's really all I want to say about that, that I disagree that um, this transparency is what um, all of the people want. Um, with that being said, um, the next part of the um, women's forum 
talked about um, lack of communication, um, players not knowing, you know, the owners not getting messages from the league, and then the owners, then the coaches not knowing, and then the players not knowing, kind of trickle-down effect. Um, I will tell you that um, within the WFA, um, there's a newsletter. Um, there are messages that go out fairly frequently. Um, sometimes messages don't go out when there's nothing to talk about, but um, there's messages addressing things within the players. Um, if you are a team in the WFA and you're not getting those messages, you need to contact the WFA and make sure that they have your correct email. But that's not a, oh my God, the league's not doing their job. It might just be a wrong email address. Um, it happens. Um, but that's not to blame any league here or there. Um, the other thing is that a lot of the owners get the messages and they don't open them. So you can tell that a, a, an owner has gotten a message but hasn't opened it. And some of these owners aren't, aren't opening messages. Um, they're doing a disservice to their coaches and their players because they're not getting that information to their players. Um, so with that being said, um, I'm not sure about the other leagues, but, um, and I'm not really, I guess I am defending the WFA in a way. Um, I, I am very passionate for the WFA. I think they do a very good job um, at being a, a, a league ownership and they have done what they've said they've done as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, when they say that there's going to be a championship, there is a championship. When they say there's going to be games, they try to, their best to put on games. Um, but they cannot be, they are not the reason that games are forfeited or they are not the reason why the quality of play is bad. So let's, uh, let's kind of just um, back up from the leagues. I understand that people, you know, are frustrated with some of the things they are getting or not getting, but they are also not doing their jobs as well. So, um, the, uh, they also talked about players association with legal and health education. Um, I have some ideas for that. I know where we can do it. I know how we can do it. Um, but, um, it's not my, um, I, it's not my responsibility to share this with, um, people that are trying to compete, um, with the, the product that I, that I have. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, within this little best of the West owners forum, um, the, uh, the panel started talking about the fact that um, the player association was thinking too big. When the player brought up a player association that, that covered players' rights and players' responsibilities and, and what the player could get out of being a team member, um, it was said that the players are th thinking too big. And I'll tell you what, I think that another league is thinking too big. Um, a le another league at this point would be even more detrimental to women's football. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, the Just like the forum talked about, if a player decides that they aren't gonna play, if they don't have to pay, then teams will just go out and get new players. That's agreed. That's, I mean, at this point in women's football, if I have 50 players and 10 of them say, hey, if I have to pay my 
$500 player fee, then um, I'm not going to play. Well, then you can just go find 20 more players. So a player association, I agree, is thinking way too big. Another league is thinking way too big. Because mathematically, unless that league gets 40 teams, that travel expense is going to be astronomical. It's not fixing a problem at all. Um, I, I think it's interesting when the uh, Best of the West Owners Forum got to um, the owner's fault. Um, and I agree wholeheartedly um, with the teams. Um, it is, how do, how do I want to approach this? It is the team owner's responsibility to research and determine which league they should be in. Um, they should determine that by the number of teams that are in the league already. They should determine that by how the team, the league has um, run in the past. I think that the WFA, and again, I, I don't mean to, hold on just a second, let me cancel that, let me clear that. Um, I think that everybody's trying to put the fault on the league and a lot of the fault should be on the owner. They talked about um, the fact that if an owner promises you that your player fee is going to be X amount and as the time goes on, it becomes more and then, oh, you got to do another fundraiser. Oh, and by the way, you need to pay for this and pay for that. Then I think that that is the owner's fault as well. And they talked about if... Um, if your team doesn't give you what they say they're going to give you, don't expect them to do it again next year. You know, if, if you know, if you screw me once, shame on me. If you screw me twice, or screw me once, shame on you. Screw me once, shame on me. Um, shame on me, shame on me. It's all a shame on me. If you've allowed yourself to um, get duped, then you need to leave and play for another team. That brings me to having another team to play for. Um, well, let me let me back up a little bit. First of all, so if you say your player fees are $500 and they have to do some fundraisers and this and that, your team is also promising you for that $500 that you are gonna play eight games. So they should objectively and knowledgeably pick a league that they know they're going to get the eight games in. And if they can't do so, it is the owner's fault. Some teams don't have a choice. Some teams are not allowed to play in a league. And people should be asking the question, why? Why, why does there need to be another league? Why, you know, go back to the Roger Goodell situation. We don't have to like all the rules of the NFL, but we need to abide by them if we're going to be a part of them. So 
teams that can abide by the rules of the league should stay in that league. What's the big deal? So you don't get a, a major sponsorship, you should be going out and getting sponsorships. Real quick, hold on just a second. I agree with the fact that there needs to be change. There really does need to be change. Um, I started in women's football in 2008, and it is no different today than it was then. The There's about the same number of teams, maybe give or take five. Um, I think that we need to get to a larger number. Um, what that number is, I don't exactly know because I that's not really a big component that I care, care about. I know that we need more teams. That's why I created more teams when I did because we need to close the gaps, close the holes on the map so that teams have less travel costs because that's our biggest expense, okay? Um, the forum, the Best of the West Owners Forum talked about needing to have change um, and that we needed to stop, it needed to change from paying the league to the team getting paid by the league. And I would go back to the same statement, you are thinking too big. There is no way in women's football in the next eight months that you are going to get enough investors in women's football when you have less than 200 people coming to each of these games and you are selling minimal merchandise and you haven't been profitable in several years. There's no way you're going to get the investors that you that um, would look at this and say, yes, I'm going to give you a million or two million dollars. And that's why it didn't happen the last time they approached us. Um, we had a large a large group of people that said, hey, we're, we're going to take these 16 teams. They're going to be on the television, going to be on radio. We're going to fly them everywhere they want to go. And um, the money fell through. Why? Because at this point and at that point, women's football cannot prove that these teams can make money. And even the great teams, these whatever, these top 16 great teams are not making the 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 teams on the panel that say that they are the best of the best are not making money. So why would somebody give you a million dollars? Why would somebody give a million dollars to a business that is not making money 10 years later? So again, transparency is key, super important to women's football. Um, the, some of the teams talked about um, that they came to the IWFL uh, with fanfare and the social media. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, they talk about, I made, I don't know who made the first call. I, I don't know who made this first call. I, I made the first call. I made the first call. Because women's football has a lot of things going on in it that should not be going on. Let's talk about this idea that not everybody should own a women's football team. 100% agree. Not everyone should own a women's football team. And a lot of people that are in women's football right now shouldn't own a women's football team. With that being said, that doesn't mean they can't learn to own a women's football team. All of the teams that are in women's football right now 
with the exception of a couple, can learn the skills and processes and procedures to run a profitable, successful women's football team. Are they there right now? No. Does that mean we should kick them out? I don't think so. I think that we should embrace these teams that are struggling. And again, I'll tell you, our team was struggling last year. But these teams need to get information and knowledge and ways to do things. And I'm gonna help you provide, I'm gonna help do that for you, okay? I don't think it's the IWFL's fault. I don't think it's the WFA's fault. I don't think it's the USWFL's fault. When it comes to, you know, let's go back to that statement that Mr. Cliff said. I don't know Cliff's last name, but um, let's go back to um, the statement that Mr. Cliff made um, about the idea of transparency and safety and business-minded and fundamentals, which is what I talk about on um, women's football success. Real quick, I'm going to give you some information right now. And then I'm going to stop this segment and then I'm going to go into the next section, um, which will be episode 1815. So um, in the background over the last, I don't know, 15 weeks, um, I put together this part of a website. Um, it had been two years in the making. So this was not an off the cuff, I, I made it up in a week, two weeks kind of thing. This was a very thought out process. It was actually gonna come out next year, but because I was thrown into women's football this year, um, I figured it needed to start coming out now, but it wasn't, it was still a baby. It was, still was not fully developed, but I put a lot of thought into this over the last four or five years. Um, that I've been out of women's football and going to law school because I couldn't I couldn't work during law school. I could just go to law school and study. So on my free time, I would create these different things for women's football. But anyways, it, um, I don't feel that this is big enough yet to be its separate little entity. So I have a website called supersmallbiz.com, supersmallbiz.com. On that website, there is a section for women's football success, which is the name of this division. And that is for owners, support staff, coaches and players of women's football. The idea behind it is to create an area that provides knowledge and information to women's football teams for them to be successful. We can't put this on the IWFL, the WFA, or the US WFL, okay? Um, the team owners need to know this information, and if they don't, they need to learn it, right? So there's going to be some owners that just can't learn it or don't want to learn it to be a profitable, successful business in women's football. So those teams should go. Those teams should, should stop existing. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and stop here and um, go into the next section. And I'm going to talk about the importance and why this is such a big deal. Okay. Um, so if you guys want to, um, you can, if you're looking for information on the Women's Football Championship, you go to WFAProFootball.com. It's going to be in Atlanta. Go if you can. There's a meet and greet on Thursday. It's going to be awesome. Um, I hope to meet you all, everybody that I don't know and all those that I've known for years. Um, and then also, um, 
If you're looking for the women's football success that we've created over the last 15 weeks or so, it's um, www.supersmallbiz.com and you click on women's football success. I've also created a women's football success group on Facebook that's just now getting off the ground um, because I want to be able to get this information to you guys. I have, um, well, we'll talk about it in a minute, but um, it's very important that you guys realize that it's not a new league that we need. It's a different way of thinking and a different way of doing things. So um, I'm gonna stop there. This is episode um, 1814 and we'll get this on Blog Talk on the JC Hawk Network. I'll be right back on in a few minutes to do the next part, episode 1815. You guys, talk to you later. Bye.